Welcome back to the Black on Black Education Podcast. My name is Eva Loren Jean Charles, and today you're going to hear an incredible conversation that I had the pleasure of having with Ms. Jaron Forbes. She explained to us the history of cannabis, the implications of the war on drugs, and so much more. I hope you enjoy. This conversation is a little different for us, but I think you're going to like it. Hello, welcome to the Black on Black Education Podcast. I am here with a with somebody I'm super excited to talk talk to, um, and this is going to be a different conversation than uh, what our listeners might be used to. So I'm super excited for the outcome. Tell the people who you are. Tell us about yourself. Hi, hello. Thanks for having me. My name is Jaron Forbes. I am a Brooklyn native. Bed-Stuy, woo-woo. Yeah, I work in the medical cannabis industry. Um, It has become my new little passion, um, as well as writing, video games, crocheting. Um, I will say that I am speaking on behalf of myself um, and not for the industry, well, the company that I work for, but um, definitely want to explore and talk about how I've been introduced to it and talk about how I've been affected by this new industry. So, yeah. Hello. Incredible. So, tell me about your job and what you do and um, what brought you to this work. And if it's easier for you to talk about more what brought you to this work, um, yeah, you take take my question. Sure, sure. Um, So, my current title is e-commerce associate analyst um, with this said company, and uh, I've been working in the healthcare profession since about 2010, um, when I worked for both Duane Reed and CVS as a pharmacy technician. Um, Roughly within the last three years of working for CVS, um, one of the pharmacists I used to work with, she uh, approached me about this opportunity uh, originally when... uh, 2013 wasn't ready and then we reintroduced to it again in 2014. So um, it took a couple of years to kind of get on board. So in 2016, that's when I started uh, this industry. Um, And I really will say that I took that chance and never looked back. Like it was the best decision I've ever made. Um, But my motivation to do this and to continue in this industry was my mom, has been my mom. Um, Unfortunately, she did not make it to with the battle of cancer. But, um, you know, all the patients that I've exposed to, they motivate me as well, whether it was in the traditional pharmaceutical fields or whether it's in this industry. Um, I've learned a lot. And um, just to if I had known what I know now, then Um, I definitely think that I would have enrolled my mom in this program and give her a better hopeful fighting chance during her last days. Um, So, yeah, that's that's my motivation. So um, sorry for your loss. Thank you. you. But um, I'm glad that you've been able to find something that uh, has given you meaning and has been meaningful. So much meaning. Um, So much meaning. Mm -hmm. So just to start out this conversation, tell us a little bit about the history of cannabis in America and um, where this negative this negative stigma comes from. Sure, sure, sure. Um, so cannabis and hemp, I have to put those two together. Um, they're the same family, so, uh, different effects. I don't, I, I don't want to um, cut you off, but sure. I do want to explain to people what the difference are because I think that's a part of the stigma of that course. people understand the difference between THC, CBD. Of course, of course, of course. So then um, let's backtrack uh, to what the difference between the two are, um, especially with in terms of hearing the terminology THC and CBD. 
Um, so THC is basically part of the cannabinoid content within the cannabis plant. Um, cannabis and hemp are cousins. Uh, so they were designed to do similar functions, but one uh, basically does a non-intoxicating effect versus the other one, which does. Uh, cannabis is the plant that actually contains the more higher levels of THC, which is tetrahydrocannabidol. Um, yeah, say that 10 times fast. Um, and basically coupled with the CBD, which is also stands for cannabidol, um, these two create the different effects that many patients or many users in general feel. Um, THC is the one that's most associated with the psychoactive intoxicating effects, mm -hmm. and CBD is mostly uh, associated with anti-inflammatory properties. Um, the difference between hemp and cannabis, though, hemp has a lot more significant levels of CBD, but a lot less levels of THC. So, like, literally thinking zero, less than 0.3%. Um, so, you know, no matter how much of these uh, CBD, you know, hemp intake, you will not feel any psychoactive intoxicating effects. Um, but, you know, both of them can have their own use. Um, so, and CBD is the one that's mostly regulated um, by the government right now, and hemp has taken a more of a laid-back approach. So, thankfully, you'll see a lot of uh, places that'll house CBD hemp-based products. Um, and so, that one is treated more like the over-the-counter over version compared to cannabis. The cannabis in, like, the state of New York needs to be through the program. Um, other states will be more recreational, so the access to that level of cannabinoids will be easier for a lot more recreational states. Um, so just to kind of go back on the history, uh, cannabis and hemp were originally grown and used in the U.S. during colonial times to support, support King James I as an export to England. Um, the U.S. had found many uses for both cannabis and hemp, and eventually the industry became big enough that it was interfering with the sales of other industries, such as paper and tobacco. Mm -hmm. Aha! Uh, so campaigns were created to deter people from supporting and using cannabis and hemp. Um, the Marijuana Tax Act, which was uh, created in 1937, uh, 1937? 1937, okay. October 1st to be exact, um, was created to bankrupt and destroy the cannabis industry. So shortly after the Mexican Revolution, a call to end marijuana use was created to limit the immigration population as well. So a lot of things were leading up to the prohibition of cannabis, um, which within the 1960s and 70s, the war began um, on you know the use of cannabis as a class one substance. So that's when they actually took the time to classify that as in, in the pharmaceutical worlds, no one was allowed to use this, okay? And so there were uh, obviously law implications, uh, you know, arrests, uh, fines, uh, but mostly arrests, especially towards the people of communities of people of color. Um, and this war was definitely in place to target people of color, such as the African-American and black communities. Um, so statistics throughout the years kind of pointed to the disparity in the number of arrests made in the community, communities of color compared to that of the wider communities. Um, so now there's a push to correct the, the injustices people have faced and to correct the reputation that had been created for cannabis and hemp. Awesome. Thank you. Um, I think that history portion is so necessary in this whole conversation because mm -hmm. many people don't understand the implications of why it's it, it, it is why we uh, believe that cannabis is such a problem mm -hmm. rather than something that can be used recreationally yes yeah. but also something that can be used 
um, for medical reasons. And then, and there are so many other implications of that, like uh, uh, our, what our jails and prisons look like right now. And also, um, on a, from a medical perspective, not being able to research these things as much and not being able to see that the effects that, that, uh, using cannabis could have on mm-hmm. people. So that's that's great. And I think that's so important for the conversation. Um, so in your experience working with patients, like you discussed earlier, how big a role does the stigma play in um, getting the work that you guys are doing out there and to the people who need it the most? Okay, so I'm gonna back up a little bit on that. Um, just to say that for me, I grew up during a time where cannabis was marketed as a gateway drug. Um, so in gateway to like a very negative lifestyle, wherever that may be, alcohol, other drugs, things like that, cartoons would show people who smoke cannabis as stoners and doing very little with their lives. Like, no, oh, yeah, I don't have a set goal for myself, um, you know, so it's just like one of those, oh, don't you start that stuff, you know, you know, oh, reef and madness, you know, those, <laughs> I've, I've heard it all, um, you know, and I like to say I do diligently try to stay away from that as best as possible. Um, in college, though, I did know some individuals who were in favor of cannabis, and they started kind of educating everyone. Um, I was put onto a lot of materials to learn. Um, so, as time gone on, there's more and more literature that's being produced. But without that literature, it has created a sense in people that it's very negative, you know. And without knowing why it was painted as such, mm-hmm. a lot of people are like, oh, no, you know, the worst, the worst, use this stuff. People of color, I'm like, no, actually, people of non-color have been really the bigger partakers. Actually, one of the first few per- people that were arrested after that marijuana tax was put out was a person of non-color. Mm-hmm. So it goes to show you that, you know, everyone can partake of it. Anyone can use it. And it's it's not, it's not where people are not able to use it at all, of all different races, sizes, color, creed. Um, But eventually I've come to learn that with proper education and guidance, cannabis can be beneficial in many, many ways. Awesome, awesome. Um, So how has the stigma impacted your patients specifically and what you've seen um, in this work? So the stigma for many has affected patients on various levels. It's um, I've had the pleasure of meeting individuals who were afraid to even speak on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, they would come to me whispering. They w- did not want to be associated with it, with it at all. And from the time that I entered the industry to now, the conversation has gotten louder, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've had patients that came from more recreational areas that needed relief, in, you know, here in the state. And they see the barriers that each state puts up. And so with that as well, it deters people from being comfortable for even wanting to seek out a different way of taking care of their ailments if they're looking for medical reasoning and medical treatment. Um, Not to say that it's supposed to take away from what they're already doing, Mm -hmm. but act as a supplement, an assistance, you know, if you will, Um, you know, it's just interesting now the volume has gotten a lot louder and people are like, yeah, I support it. Oh, yeah, I do it. Yeah, I know about it now. <laughs> um, to the point where everyone is becoming their own little uh, professional about it, you know. So and nothing's wrong with that because every person's experience is different, mm-hmm. you know. And I just want to be able to get people to understand that there, there's 
ways to build up to what people have talked about as that intoxicating effect. You don't necessarily have to experience it, but a lot of patients, a lot of people who never even use it are like, I don't want to be high. And it's like, you're not high. You're treating yourself for whatever it is you need for that moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and so to break down the mental barriers within patients, people in general, I want that to happen. I want to be able to facilitate that transition so that way people are more versed with it. They're more comfortable and more conversation will lead to possible legalization. I mean, that's the ultimate dream, I believe. <laughs> a dream for a whole bunch of people. And to your point about it is not just people of color who are using this. Um, I come from a high school with, that was predominantly white and I can tell you Cannabis is being used in that community. Um, I, <laughs> I have friends who go to school all over the country. Mm-hmm. I can tell you that cannabis is not only being used by people of color. And so, like, I think slowly but surely that is changing, especially yeah. in places where it's legal, because now it's cute and it's trendy right. and it's right. fun. Right. Um, and so, I think, like, again, adding to that historical perspective. Um, so often we are quick to go from the place, okay, it was illegal, now it's legal, mm-hmm. um, and now it's profit off of it, and that's fantastic. We do have to understand that there were there were historical ramifications to the um, criminalization mm-hmm. of, of cannabis, mm-hmm. and that those ramifications lead to things like the way our prisons look right now. Right. We have to figure out how we fix that and how we... Um, help and work to rebuild the communities that were destroyed by the criminalization um, that comes from a place of trying to preserve money and also comes from a place of um, ignorance and trying to... uh, To just educate everyone and balance the playing field. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) To make that balance, of course. Mm -hmm. Um, So in your experience... Specifically, how has cannabis been used for good? And what are some of the medical benefits um, that people may have not heard of? Okay. Um, So just to reiterate, using cannabis is a subjective experience. Mm -hmm. Everyone's use is different. Everyone's results are different. So there's no typical, you know, standard way like the pharmaceutical world where it's, okay, here's your prescription. Here's your drug. This is what it does. Um, With the cannabis industry, it's a little bit more experimental just to find the right thing that works for you. Um, So with that being said, in my experience, Mm -hmm. dispensaries opening throughout New York City is creating a space for people in general uh, to revisit their thoughts about cannabis. Uh, People are becoming more comfortable about the idea that cannabis can help rather than hinder and Cannabis has been used to make patients who are treated for cancer more comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, it has been used to help patients manage their pain medication, regain control of their day-to-day activities without having to feel completely out of it. Um, I mentioned earlier that I would have enrolled my own mom in the program had it existed in 2014. Uh, well, full swing in 2014. Yeah. Talks were, were amongst uh, you know the community in, in that year. Um, I feel cannabis could have allowed her to have a, more of an appetite so that she could have fuel to fight her battle. 
Cannabis could have helped her to feel less nauseous as she sat through her chemotherapy. Cannabis could have been given to her um, to provide clarity and comfort during her final days instead of being pumped full of like medication that kept her a lot of like mm. out of it and sedated. Um, I will say that it was a very rough journey to be with her on that. Um, but knowing that these resources are here, I just want to make sure everyone is comfortable. Everyone has that fighting chance, whether it produces positive results or not, you know, it's at least they tried it. Yeah. At least they explored that. And at least they gave their body a fighting chance naturally to mm-hmm. see if it'll help them improve or make them more comfortable. Yeah. Um, but patients have found cannabis with various formulations and administrative routes to be useful for managing pain, stimulating appetites, managing inflammation, aiding in calming muscle spasms, aiding patients with managing their epileptic episodes and with extra monitoring and guidance, assist with symptoms related to PTSD. Um, As I said, every user is different. Every result is going to be different. But I do encourage people who suffer from these uh, conditions, you know, especially the ones that are qualified by the state, uh, to explore. You're not required to purchase, but explore the information, see what's out there, give yourself options. You never know. It could work. If it doesn't, at least you try, you know, um, but like I said, the education is just most important mm-hmm. so that people can maximize on this wonderful plant that has so many uses in mm-hmm. so many ways. Now, a lot of what you just said, I didn't know. I had no idea that people could use it for all these different things. My grandmother um, passed away from cancer. Oh, and sorry. it. Thank you. But it... The idea that something could have helped alleviate her pain Mm -hmm. and that that something was criminalized for profit, (laughs) that's very, very upsetting. Mm -hmm. But um, even outside of it being upsetting, now that we know that that's the reality, we have to figure out a better way to to do this. And again, the education is the importance. If you know, nobody's going to know 100% of anything. But if you have 85% of the knowledge about what cannabis may or may not be able to do to help whatever ailment you're suffering from, what, like the, the, the pills or the opioids or the, all the different things that your doctor is giving you, you more likely than not don't know what's in there. Exactly. Cannabis is a plant that grows from the ground. God's gift to her. And people don't want to <laughs> use it. Nope. Because they don't understand the historical implications. Right. So um, right. Well, that's what this podcast is for. That's, That's right. Episode is four. That's right. Um, so we already talked about the difference between uh, CBD and THC a little bit. We got into that and yep. hemp and all those different things. So like yep. when you hear those words being thrown around, now we know what they mean, which is great. Yes. Um, so as a woman of color, mm-hmm. um, inside you're on the inside. You know what's going on. You're kind of you have your eye on where this is going. Mm-hmm. Um, what advice would you give to someone trying to get into the business, whether that be medically? And hopefully in the near future, <laughs> recreationally, <laughs> in a place like New York, Colorado, California, mm-hmm. so on. So being in the industry has given me more ears to the ground. Um, you know, I mean, the news is not as fast as we would love it to be. But we are, I am in a position where I can continue feeling positive feedback and positive actions to, you know, lawmakers and legislatures to let them know, hey, this is this is positive here. This mm-hmm. isn't something that people are 
up and going and trying new stuff with. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing they might try new is how it's get being delivered. Um, the the fact that we offer, you know, not we, but the industry offers multiple ways, makes it easier and it makes it less frightful. And I hope that it paints this picture to legislature. But for anyone that's looking to get into the industry, you know, going and attending like forums, expos, even though it's not publicly announced, it's good because businesses are there. The, the vendors are there. The companies are there. They're always looking to expand and educate. Um, so if you put yourself out there, you will land on something great. You know, um, it's as easy as going to Indeed.com or, you know, typing in any like job search engine and say, you know, if you've heard the names of the companies, see what they're offering. You know, the, everyone is growing in this industry and is always a use for it. You know, whether it's working in a dispensary, whether it's working in corporate, if you have the experience, whether it's working in cultivation as a processor, there's always a need for someone. And, you know, anyone of particular color, we're in a good spot that will will be embraced. You know, this is it's a laid back industry. It's really not cutthroat compared to other industries. I mean, we do want experience. There are, you know, places that will require a certain level of skill set. But if you educate yourself, if you teach yourself, and if you read and you just listen to the podcast like this one, um, <laughs> you know, and others and just attend the events that are held throughout the city, throughout the country, you'll actually step in a lot quicker into the industry than you think, mm-hmm. you know, um, and be innovative. Definitely innovation. Think of, well, where will my skill set be needed? What is needed? What would I need? You answer those questions, you're surefire to be in the industry. Awesome. That's incredible. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I think the only other comment that I have on this specific topic is about um, for those people and those places like Colorado who does, if you have a felony conviction, and oftentimes we know that a lot of those felony convictions that are spread out through enti- throughout the entire country are because of uh, things like cannabis and okay. different um and different other uh, substances mm-hmm. that as much as there are so many people who don't look at the importance of voting and being politically engaged and, and um, you need to tell your governors, your state senators, yep. your uh, city councilmen yep. that you want those laws and those things corrected. In places like New York, we could already have mm-hmm. <laughs> recreational marijuana, but people said you need to make sure we're righting the wrongs of history. Right. And so make sure that if you're in there are a person in those places and you want to get into these industries, especially people of color, right? Make sure that your councilman knows and that your people who are representing you know that they need if they want to profit from this, if they want to make money out of it, which they which they surely do, mm-hmm. that they need to make sure that they're they're looking out for their constituents and the people who have gone to prison by again the historical ramifications exactly. of the government trying to make a Yes. No, I completely agree. It's it's really comes down to being able to educate and have this conversation and to have the lawmakers ease up on the ramifications, ease up on the consequences of carrying like something as small as a five dollar bag. OK, um, you know, and to stop stereotyping certain races around this medication. This is medication. It's natural. 
It is not something that's going to push people to try something different. And again, because it's so subjective, there's ways to alleviate the uncomfortable feeling that people may get. You know, there's ways that there's been new practices to like enforce how we can just do better and make sure that we're monitoring ourselves on the use of this. Mm -hmm. You know, moderation is like the biggest key in the world. And unfortunately, you know, everything's being traumatized and dragged out and made big and politicized in a way where it's like, if it's not making money, it doesn't make sense. Like, no, there's ways to do it. You just don't like the result. <laughs> okay. But I just, that is my message. Let people be educated, let people decide. And, you know, for our black brothers and sisters, you need to support those that support this to open up this avenue. You know, we can't get nothing done if we're not rallying behind the right people, okay? And if you are not sure about the topic, reach out. No one's against, you know, if you call a dispensary and just say, I want to take a few minutes of your time. If you call, you know, um, if you go online, like the beautiful age of technology allows us to be able to get this information. Mm -hmm. But we also need businesses not to block, okay? We, we need the legislatures not to force places to block. And we don't need to like necessarily ban things, but regulate things. And to be able to say, okay, you know what? Let that people have their fun, but within a certain parameter mm -hmm. first, and then open up. You don't have to like open the floodgates, mm -hmm. but slowly but surely, and a little bit more quickly, <laughs> open it up so that way people can actually understand and get to know the, the, the plant, um, or in this case plants, because it's cannabis and hemp, you know, education and exposure. Don't try it, but exposure at least to get your mind going and the conversation going. Um, yeah, and, and if we even look at the numbers and the stats that are out there right now, if we're talking about there was an extreme opioid crisis in yep. places like Colorado, mm -hmm. and when they legalize marijuana, they're seeing the change yep. in, that, in, that, <laughs> in that crisis. Mm -hmm. And so we, alcohol is legal, and it is technically poison. Yep. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep, cigarettes yep. are legal, and it is Poisoning us. Mm -hmm. um, cannabis can be something that um, is an alternative to those choices. Cannabis can be something that people use recreationally on a Saturday night when they're in their room or when they're out with their friends. Mm -hmm. Cannabis can be something that somebody who's sick and dying in a, in a bed of cancer mm -hmm. can use to alleviate their pain and make their lives a little bit better. There are so many different incredible things that can happen when people start to use cannabis. And this is not advocating for everyone to use cannabis because right. it's not for everybody. No, no. But just the same way that we don't stigmatize someone for uh, grabbing a beer on their way home mm -hmm. on Friday night, mm -hmm. I don't want to be a, a, a proponent of stigmatizing somebody who wants to light a joint. Right. Um, and so, kind of to round this out, what is one thing you want schools, policymakers, and government officials to... Um, know about cannabis both recreationally and medically because we touched on it a little bit in mm -hmm. terms of um, the way that we're taught to think about cannabis. Yes. So in health class, when they talk when they talk to us about drugs, marijuana is right up there with heroin. There, D A R E. <laughs> yes, I remember those beautiful, um, you know, 
displays of information during, during our schools and the assemblies. I remember them all, um, you know, and I just really wish that the education was there to literally let us decide if it's dangerous or not. Mm-hmm. I think that we just need to gain back that choice, freedom, Absolutely. you know, uh, that I think is the biggest thing is just to have the freedom to be able to look it up and be comfortable doing it and decide for yourself if you want to try it or if you want to have family member, you know, enroll in the program, like we just need the freedom. The, the, the fact that we have to hush, hush and be mm-hmm. careful and step on eggshells type of feeling does not push the agenda to a more positive light. Um, it still hangs on that stigma. We need to like, let it just be a topic and, you know, just reach out to everyone, whether it's a person of color or not. If they know that info, they will be more, it would be easier for us to just get along (laughs) and move forward. Listen, you put a, closing out, (laughs) you put a bottle of vodka in the middle of a room Mm -hmm. and come back in an hour. It might not be so cute. Nope. You put a joint in the middle of there and some would say, we're singing. Everybody's going to be messing (laughs) <laughs> we're holding hands swaying and no but um, I mean you, like the, the fact that you know we always put it in the same category as alcohol and you know oh well people like you can't overdose on this you know and that's the beauty of it like you may feel uncomfortable but it is far less dangerous like people are too laid back to want to go outside and drive and drink um you know matter of fact i don't even think they feel like they have enough energy to pull up a bottle so you know the fact that just that right there and people who do try for the first time are like oh my god i'm sitting still like where is the stigma where is the negativity that people have propaganded for all these years where is the i want to get up in the middle of three o'clock in the morning to go outside to a white castle like harold kumar did and you know no, i'm too busy sleeping why because it helps me to go to sleep if i have to you know or it I, I got the food in my house so i'm just going to eat because i couldn't eat throughout the day you know so these are all things that people have been you know telling me that people have been experiencing what i hear it's i just don't see where People can go off the rails. Yeah. I don't. I don't see where people are going to be like. I, I want to create violence somewhere. I just. I just don't see it. it yeah. And so <laughs> that that's the reality. So now we got to bring more people on the side of reality. And again, mm-hmm. your choice is your choice. But that's what we're trying to bring back to this conversation: people having the choice to partake or not. Mm-hmm. Um, and so to close out, we always ask our guests: Do they have any questions for Black on Black Education? Um, well, yeah, um, I actually do. Um, so I just wanted to, you know, see where Black on Black education feel on the topic of cannabis in general. Mm-hmm. Like, where do you want it to go? What was your intention for this topic to do? Um, yeah, that I would like to know that. Mm-hmm. Um, when I met you, I wanted to have this conversation because I think it is extraordinarily important that we as a community remember not to take in the ideologies of a group of people who didn't always have our best interests at heart. Mm -hmm. So like you explained to us about the history, 
um, it was about profit. It was about making money. It was mm-hmm. about messing with other. That was why this whole thing tumbled out of control into mm-hmm. where we are today. Mm-hmm. And too many people don't know that. And too many people think that smoking marijuana is going to lead someone to go do heroin because they're chasing a better high. <laughs> or too many people think that like all people who smoke cannabis just sit in their dorm room and smoke pot all day and eat Cheetos and drink Mountain Dew. Or like, all, like that's just... The same way we don't want to paint a broad brush over any group of people because it's that's never the case. I don't want to do that with cannabis users. And so, again, everybody who listens to this, everybody who, who um, works with and does things with, with uh, Black on Black education, they're not going to agree with the proponent of legalizing it or not legalizing it. But the thing is, is that without the education, you can't make that decision. You can't, Or you can't make a good decision. So we have a lot of people who made decisions about um, cannabis and, mm-hmm. and its legalization and all this based off of things that they didn't know or fully understand mm-hmm. or just coming from a place of wanting to make money. Mm-hmm. And so now that we're at the space where it is possible to use cannabis for good and to help people, um, I thought it was extraordinarily important that we introduce this conversation mm-hmm. um, to our listeners and to the people are supporting us because it listen if you don't want to smoke a joint you never have to but if it's legalized people who look like me don't end up behind bars that's right um or, or of course that's not fully true but people <laughs> that's the goal that's the, the goal, goal is like, for less people who reason. look like me mm-hmm. to be in jail and prison over marijuana right and the reality is is that there are way less people in prison for um for 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 uh, real crimes, violent crimes, things where they're thieving and Ooh. all these different things. We put people in prison because two hundred years ago, colonizers wanted to make a better profit, exactly. and so that's where Black on Black education stands. If you want to puff, puff. If you don't, <laughs> don't. And just the final note that I wanted to add is like the industry itself is a testament that no one is sitting on their butt doing nothing. You know, I mean, not everyone who's involved in the industry is using, but at the same time, you know, you can see the bright individuals that are involved. You can see that people really do like they do more and they feel they get more done when they do use it, you know, because they're using it for a productive reason. And instead of just I don't want to do anything with my life, you know, and if honestly speaking, the feeling of, oh, you're not doing anything with your life is because of the regulations of drug testing. You're testing literally for that. Same thing with alcohol. If that's the case, then test for alcohol, too. You know, so it's just like people can't get forward because of these drug regulations and substance abuse regulations. So it's just like if we can rewrite the script fix the narrative that is on this topic I think we'll be better for it for across the board absolutely thank you so much thank you um, we appreciate having you on and this was fun to seeing where um, where this conversation goes what happens in the next couple of years so everybody look out for that if you if you want to get into the industry she she kind of told you how so mm-hmm. uh, we look forward to it and uh, we will talk to you next week Take care. Wasn't that conversation amazing? I am so happy that you guys sat through, listened to the whole thing. Like, comment, share, and let us know what you think on all our social media pages. We appreciate you. Have a good one.